to Mojo for the Modern Man. This is your host, Ken Mossman, and today I'm very happy to be joined for Act 2 of my conversation with David Taylor Klaus. And DTK launches by dishing on his collegiate acting career and how through that experience he learned powerful keys to connection and, very importantly, wanting for others. We turn to the topic of purpose later in the conversation, and David tells a story of returning to crew rowing in his 30s and at the age of 39 getting launched from his boat into water that was full of all sorts of infectious nasties. And of course, that unfortunate dip led to him getting sick. And in a strange way, this fortuitous intersection of his physical recovery and that of one of his kids who had been diagnosed with a, a really severe gluten intolerance. Now, if it were a fairy tale, of course, happily ever after, but that's far from the case here. And David found himself having swerved dangerously close to the edge, as he says, diving into a deep depression that had him examining, in quotes, the five best ways of killing myself, end quote. He describes searching for an anchor and eventually finding his way to some really rich, deep inner work in a quest to discover his own purpose. Later on, we riff on the irony of our neurodiverse kids, his and mine, learning valuable social skills that really everyone could benefit from, yet they aren't taught until folks face the unfortunate consequences of not having them. And we bring Act 2 to a close with David citing Don Miguel Ruiz's The Four Agreements. He calls Michelangelo into the mix and just lays a beautiful foundation for purpose and humanizing, humaning actually is his language, humaning in fresh, clear, and lovely ways. This is a great conversation. And before we dip into it, a quick reminder, if you have not yet, please do subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man, wherever you get your podcasts. And with that, let's have at it. Enjoy. Take us in a different direction here. Hey. How did you, well, you mentioned, you mentioned theater before. Um, what are your, what, what are your roots? I don't know what my roots are. Uh, <laughs> varied um yeah interesting no theater was a blast because i got to be someone else and then i got figured i got to be me being someone else and so i got that immersive play um i wasn't that good but I, mean, I wasn't terrible so it wasn't that good um and i i, I can't sing I mean, I can. I can physically make noise with my vocal cords through a center other than my speech center. So, yes, I can sing. Um, my children ask me to stop. It's, I, li- okay, I tried out for an all-male comedy performing group in, at, at Penn for three years. <laughs> and, you know, acting, dancing, fine, singing, no. And <laughs> you had to be all three. And it was just no. And so I spent three months taking singing lessons from a professional in Philadelphia and she um, retired. And, and I don't mean at age 32 retiring from teaching me. I meant she stopped teaching 
And I, I think it was because I was that bad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so theater was not my future, but I certainly enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, and well, and how did it, how did it, I want to ask you a question about purpose later, but because uh, uh, I, do, I, do, I don't want to lose that thread. And um, what did you learn through theater that, that, that continues to um, influence your work? That's fascinating because one of the reasons I leaned into coactive and coactive coaching and coactive leadership is exactly because of the roots that came out of performing and acting. That you know, to to be a good actor, you have to be connected to yourself, mm-hmm. and to connect to. Let's say let's go the other way. To connect to the audience, you have to be able to connect to the other actors on the stage and to your character. And you can't do that without connecting to yourself. So it all starts here. Uh, It all starts with yourself. Same as leadership, same as parenting, same as everything. And so I I got lucky in that I had training in how to pay attention there. Whether I was good at it or not, it was part part of my wiring early to connect. And I, so that, that runs deep in the work that I do because I have these people say, I want to grow my company. Say, great. Then grow your people. Okay. Grow my people. Say, no, 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 no. To grow your people, you got to grow yourself. So it always starts here. And all these coaches, I mean, all these leaders that are like, oh, fix my company or fix my team or fix my people. No, we'll start with you. And then we'll talk about that. And so, yeah, it runs deep in my work. Well, the, there's another thing I'm hearing there, implicit, uh, implicit in what you're in what you're saying, is that, the, you know, coming back to the the comments you made about wanting for other, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm what I'm making up anyway, and 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 in as in that collaborative, art making, um, circumstance, uh, boy, if you're not wanting, and I, and I have very very little acting experience i had a six hour so i took a took a class the year we moved here which is going back 20 years now so i have a whopping six hours of acting experience but the at the same time there's there's something that i'm making up about that if you're not if you're not wanting for a good outcome for the people you're sharing the stage with sharing a scene with sharing a production with um boy that's going to make for some tough sledding yeah oh it is it, it's all rocks. And and that's the thing. It's, you know, for those of us who've done any improv, the first two rules they teach you, the everything that comes out of your part, your, your only job is to make your partner look brilliant. Second rule, everything that comes out of your partner's mouth is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Right. And and if you hold on to those two, <laughs> then you can you can learn the basic bones of improv. And then it's just practice. And so that's in there's an inherent wanting for. And it's starting from a place of not just benefit of the doubt, but wow, that's brilliant. That's a great place to start. Instead of starting with, oh, they're other, they suck. <laughs> that would be, that would be, a, 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 that, that improv show would not run for very long. No, 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 no. It'd be, a, it'd be the half hour pilot and that's it. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, we made it a half hour. So, so I mentioned I wanted to, I wanted to return to purpose because you, you you mentioned purpose before, and I don't want to lose lose that thread. Uh-huh. Um, wh- uh, when you know when and how did you become aware of the importance of 
of, 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 of purpose. August 29th, 2005. Keep coming. Um, the short version of the story is um, I, uh, all right, the medium version. <laughs> um, I discovered crew again. We have, t- we have time, David. Okay, good. Time. <laughs> <laughs> I rediscovered crew, w- which I had done in college for a bit, but being down at Boathouse Row at 5.30 in the morning in the winter was a bad idea if you're human. Um, I rediscovered crew in my 30s rowing and um, got into it, got very good, very quickly, found myself in a four-man shell that was competing at the state level in the Masters uh, in 2004, and we took a gold medal. And while training for the Nationals, I got kicked out of the boat. There's a caught an oar, and it threw me out of the boat. And... Evidently, the water that I was in was not great for humans. I got wicked sick, like wicked sick, like ended up seeing an infectious disease specialist before it was all done. So at the same time this is going on, we find out our eldest needs to go off gluten. Um, And this is 17 plus years ago. And so about the same time I'm starting to recuperate and the drugs are starting to work and I'm starting to eat again, my wife was like, well, why don't you go off gluten with Bex? I'm like, uh, sure. <laughs> why not? I was really not comfortable eating anything anyway. Why not? Um, Bex is, it's a whole other story. Bex's whole world changed at age 10. Like their, their brain is completely different. And me at 39, night and day, it's like a fog had lifted. And I was conscious and aware and engaged in a way that I hadn't been. And I had had a super short fuse and a disproportionately high anger reaction. And that started to dissipate very quickly. And the challenge was, instead of looking at the gain, I saw the gap. Instead of, oh my God, look what's possible now, I went right to, oh my God, look at all the shit that I missed. Look at the impact of being in a fog up until now. And I spent the next year going into a wicked depressive spiral. And it's the weekend of Hurricane Katrina. In fact, it's the day that it started pounding the Gulf Coast. We're driving. I can see the storm in the rearview mirror as we're driving east back into Atlanta. And the universe is not without a sense of humor. Because I'm like looking at the rear going, damn, that's a storm. That's awful. And the voice I heard was, yeah, nothing like the one inside you. I'm like, wow. come on. <laughs> that's not how we're supposed to get the messages. Snarky. And, and what I realized very quickly was I had completely lost center with who I was and why I was here. And the only thing that I was sure about at that point, the five best ways to kill myself. That far off center. And I'm also aware as I look back at that, that I didn't stay for me. The I had learned sometime before 
that with what was going on with Hemingway family for generations of suicide had peppered their family. And we learned about the studies that the children of adults who have committed suicide are 50 times more likely to attempt it in their lifetime. That's not the legacy I wanted to leave for my children. And, and that was enough. I didn't have to stay for me. I stayed, I started staying for them and I started doing the work. It was a lot of therapy and it was a lot of coaching. And the anchor point that I landed on was if I don't know why I'm here, I got no anchor and floating free is not the way to do it. All of us have access to figuring out our purpose, what we're here for. And those of us that do, whether it surfaces or we work hard to figure it out, it doesn't matter. Those of us that do, we're the lucky ones because it's a lot harder to slog through 70, 80, 90, 100 years not knowing what you're here for. And so that journey took me through a a lot of personal work and a lot of digging and delving. And that's where I started to connect with what my purpose is. And tweaking the language and figuring it all out as I went. But I I waited till it got messy, dangerously close to the edge. Don't have to wait that far, wait that long. There is something about because I don't know if you get out of this gig without a dark night of the soul. No one I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one I know either. There, there is something about that 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 dark night of the soul, a wounding experience, or something like you were describing that that for men, that many people point to as ah you know that that's that's you know I, I wouldn't want to go through that again on the one hand i wouldn't wish it on anyone else and that's when the lights came on yeah well there, there are two flavors of it i've noticed and and the best language for it a friend of mine who's been through 12 step shared this with me it's the concept of raising the bottom Man, there comes that point where we look forward and we realize if nothing else changes, it's just going to keep getting worse. Mm-hmm. And, and you can wait till you're standing on the bridge. You can wait till you're rock bottom, or you can make this the bottom and start turning things around. And, and I think there are more and more people, I think our culture is more amenable to, if not fostering the ability for folks to raise the bottom. Now, we will get to a point, God willing, and we won't need coaches then, for the same thing of of people (laughs) not waiting until they realize it, but actually starting off with what is it that I want to create and who is it that I want to be in this world Mm -hmm. and have that part of the fabric of how they're raised instead of figuring it out in their twenties through sixties. Thanks so much for listening. Just a quick reminder, if you have not yet, please subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting source. Let's jump back in. You reminded me of a, of a story I, I, I tell often, which is um, uh, my son uh, uh, 
diagnosed with a spectrum a spectrum disorder, very high functioning. He wouldn't mind me telling you this, um, but he was in 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 speech therapy. Now I went through speech therapy when I was in elementary school, and what I learned in speech therapy was how to pronounce my R's. This was a different, you know, this was a whole different thing, and the skills that he was learning in his in in speech therapy in middle school at one point i i, I you know he, he would share with me what he was learning and 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 i i said kai you know i have to let you know you know the, the things you're learning are the things that my clients are paying me to learn because they never learned them and i want to point out that there are i think there were maybe five kids in this in this speech therapy you know his there were different there were different cohorts but there were you know if you look at the school of of a couple of thousand kids you know a handful of kids learning these skills really they were the skills that are that are at the heart of of uh right relationship for lack of a better way of putting it um that that was what was being taught in this speech therapy class. But the rest of the school, meanwhile, everyone out there who is considered neurotypical, where are they going to get that training? <laughs> Never. <laughs> from from us when they're adults. And and right. that's that's the challenge. You know, we're expected, very few of us have good models of parenting, good models of good parenting. Mm -hmm. And yet we're expected to be good parents. And by the way, you know, our parents didn't have a good model either, right? Nor did theirs. And, mm -hmm. and this is an epigenetic cascade of failure, yet with the high, increasingly higher expectations of, well, you just got to be a good parent. Go do that. You're supposed to know. That's, that's not a thing. And, and so the neurodiverse kids, so the neuroatypical kids, get a gift. They get taught the things that are outside of just the specific domain of how to navigate their wiring. It's also that social skill, those social elements right. and that social dynamics that they learn because maybe they can't pick them up where they're not in the same groups to learn it. It doesn't matter why, whether it's wiring or, or exposure, they get taught the things that the other kids never did, which of course, in that I have three very neurodiverse children, they, their EQ tends to be very much higher than those around them, which which serves to further other, <laughs> right? That you know the, the kids with a higher EQ that have, that are neurodiverse are are twice exceptional. They're double other <laughs> because they're that much more alien to the neurotypical kids. So on one hand, it's what they need and it's helpful, and on the other hand, eh, it's got a downside too. Yeah, of 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 course, of course. I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm aware of our time, and again, you know, we could take that last three minutes and do another six hour special. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a lot in here. There's a lot in here, uh, and, and, and I'm I'm feeling a little bit like Alan Alda right now, you know, sk skipping stones, skipping stones on the one hand, on the other hand, there's so there's so much good stuff here. Um, you know, and I and I do want to come back to purpose for one more minute, and that is, you know, where would you? And I know you do this work. You know, we, you know, this is part of the work that we do. Um, where would you point someone uh, to begin to explore 
you know, short, short, short of the adventure that is the dark night of the soul, um, where would you point someone to begin to explore their own purpose? Um, I, not directly. It's sort of head fake learning, right? Because I think that, that there's a foundational piece that people need to ameliorate the ills of our acculturation. And that is start with the four agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz. It, it's a foundational piece that helps us, all right, stay with me on the digression, it'll be short. When Michelangelo was asked how he carved such exquisite figures, he said, I don't. I merely free them from the stone. In fact, when he taught his students, he taught them that you are freeing the slumbering figure inside of this stone. And, and the work that we do is chipping away the stuff that isn't real, that isn't true, that isn't you, so that the humans that we serve can live, love, and lead at their best. Now, what if parenting were like that? Ta-da! So what, what I like about and, and what's powerful about Don Miguel Ruiz's work with the four agreements is that the first part of the book, before he even gets to the first agreement, is talking about an idea of domestication, where the, the rules or the agreements, um, the, the unwritten rules that we inherit from society, culture, education, family, you name it, um, are the things that are running our lives. And until we unpack what those are, it's hard to decide what's us. Until we chip away the stuff that isn't us, Not it's us. hard to know who we are, right? And then, then you can learn, you can really walk those four agreements, which gives one the foundation, a really strong base, to begin to dive into purpose. So that's the first building block. Beautiful, beautiful, well said. Uh, spend a few minutes here, to, uh, talk about your work. Talk about your work. Yeah, okay, so what your listeners can't see is I've got a blank picture frame behind me on the wall. You do indeed. And, and I realized that over the last, you know, the last six months I've been clearing the decks. To, I've been creating blank space um, to create how my work looks next. And what my work is and has been is tied directly to the purpose of unearthing and unleashing the power of the heart. It's helping people connect to who they be and chipping away the clutter of who they're not. And so the living, loving, and leading at their best, yes, that's a, a, a piece of the way my work shows up out in the world. It's lots of conversations with leaders about mindset, because as we change our mindset, as we change the lens through which we see the world, we change the way we experience it. So changing our lens changes our lives. And when leaders understand that the lenses they use are changing the lenses of the humans they serve, it's amazing how quickly lead, people become better leaders and better humans and better parents and better partners. And so, so much of my work is helping people be better at humaning because when we get better at humaning we get better at parenting and leading and partnering in everything we do so that's what i that's what i do how i talk about it who knows how that's going to emerge from this blank frame more to come <laughs> what i love about you know what i love about what you've just said is, is, is well the whole humaning is Again, as we touched on before, you know, one of the things that one of one uh, part, part of what we're seeing more and more of in our, you know, in our divided uh, current 
political and historical moment is 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 so much dehumanizing hmm. and that you're I, I love that you're 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 the center of you know if i'm hearing you correctly you know at the center of your work is the the rehumanization spreading that that particular virus yeah yeah it's absolutely beautiful love for that to go viral i i I think our work in the world is is working ourselves out of a job and that's fine with me right i'll find another way to serve i would like to live long enough to see the work that coaches are doing around the world change the way we grow our humans and stop raising children and start raising adults they just happen to be kids while we have them you know i want us to change the way we grow our humans yeah yeah and i love that uh, as well you're really you're you're um you're preaching to the choir you're singing my song at, and um you know ag- again another thing as i look at what what kai learned in that in that speech therapy class was you know so much of what he was learning really stands as um the 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 framework of adult interaction you know meeting meeting the world as uh as adults which you know again that's something we just don't learn everywhere not yet not yet (laughs) (laughs) so take us out here we're gonna we're gonna part company in just a moment here and um you know certainly people can get in touch with you through the links that are that are in the in the notes for this show and both uh act one and here in act two as well and um you know what else what what do you what do you what what piece of advice or drop of wisdom do you want to leave us with here in this last Mm. couple of moments so it surfaced for me really quickly was there's a quote from the talmud that carl jung gets credit for more often it says we do not see the world as it is we see the world as we are and and i think on one hand i i understand that some people take that as a as kind of depressing and, and I think it's quite the opposite. I think it's the most liberating thing I've ever heard is that's where it shows that we have no control over the world, but ultimate control of how we see it and feel about it and respond to it, not react, respond to it. And that idea of changing the lens through which we see the world will change our experience. Nothing else will. So we are in, we have... As this world and the rate at which it's changing is accelerating and accelerating and accelerating, that truth still stands. We have an incredible amount of control over our experience of this world, even though we have zero control over this world. And that gives us the freedom to put our energy and attention and time and effort on what matters. That's what I want listeners to take away. Beautiful. And there's stunning power and creativity in what you've just described. So I, I thank you for that. David Taylor Klaus, it has been an absolute delight spending time with you. Thanks so much. Thanks for opening up the mic. I enjoyed it.
Thank you so much for joining me here on Mojo for the Modern Man. It's been a delight to spend time with you and, of course, my guest, David Taylor Klaus, for this second half of our conversation. And if you haven't yet, make sure you check out our first act. It's equally as entertaining, rich, and deep, of course. If you want to reach out to David and check out his fine work, you can do so on his website, and that is dtkcoaching.com. D is in David, T is in Taylor, K is in Klaus, dtkcoaching.com, and go check out all that he's got going on there. There's a lot of really good stuff, including talks and links to his book, and so, so much more to be found. And a reminder, too, you can come by my website. You can get there by going to Ken Mossman, that's K-E-N-M-O-S-S-M-A-N, KenMossman.com, uh, or by going to Cirrus, Cirrus is in the cloud, C-I-R-R-U-S, leadership.com. Come on by and check out my blog. You can also subscribe to the blog and receive uh, weekly articles right in your inbox. And of course, you can find every episode of Mojo for the Modern Man there. And on the classes page, you will also find registration is open for the September 2022 cohort of the I Am course, the I Am Men's. That's my flagship men's course used to be known as the Integrated Adult Man. And with that, a quick shout out to Josh Hines, sound man and musician extraordinaire. You can check out his music online as well. And be well, take care, make it a great day. I look forward to seeing you back here soon on Mojo for the Modern Man.